Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Morning Muse podcast. I'm your host, Sierra. If you're new here and if you're not, welcome back to another episode. I'm honestly so excited to be back this week with a guest episode. I haven't had a guest in a little bit of time, so I'm so excited to get back to it with the guest episodes. And this week's guest episode is with Pooja Shah. She is the founder and creative director of Tembo Tones. It is a creative studio based in Chicago and Kenya. She is such an amazing and inspiring person. I had such an amazing time recording with her, talking about why she founded her business and how she founded it, where she all started, and how she decided to go from the corporate world to founding her own business. So this was such an inspiring conversation to have with her and I absolutely love Pooja so much so she is definitely a great person to connect with if you're also looking forward looking into founding your own creative studio um, photography or otherwise so definitely reach out to her if you guys have any questions I will be linking all of her socials down below in the description where you can you guys can find her at but before we get into today's episode I want to talk about the quote of the day. I typically don't do this with guest episodes, but I wanted to incorporate this again um, for all of my episodes going forward. So today's quote of the day is, you glow differently when your confidence is fueled by belief in yourself instead of validation from others. So I'm super excited for you guys to tune into today's episode. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hi, Pooja. Welcome to the Morning Muse podcast. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. I'm so excited to have you on today. And this is an episode I've been really, really looking forward to. So I'm so excited to share our conversation today with my audience. Same. It's been so lovely getting to know you in the past, but I think I've just been really looking forward to chatting about all the things. I can't wait to get started. Yeah, and can you tell my audience a little about who you are, what you do, and where you're from? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Pooja Shah, and I'm based currently in Chicago, as well as in my hometown of Mombasa in Kenya. Um, I'm the founder and creative director of Tembo Tones, which is a creative studio, photo and design focused. We specialize in spirit-driven portraiture, editorial work, branding, kind of like the full spectrum of creative work and branding capacity. I like to say that I serve entrepreneurs and storytellers of color because working with the BIPOC community is really, really an essential part of what we do and what we stand for. But I think when it comes to all market industries and how we can serve in a creative capacity, we're always so welcome and so excited for those opportunities. I love that so much. And let's start from the beginning. What did you major in in college and how did these majors that you majored in impact and contribute to your success as a business owner? Yes, absolutely. So I went into college being fairly undecided. I was actually following quite a few different tracks at the time. I was interested in architecture. I was interested in uh, graphic design, but I finally landed in the School of Journalism at the University of Minnesota, Twin Cities. So I graduated with a degree in strategic communications, kind of um, 
partnering my focus with within PR as well as advertising. And then I landed with two minors in design and leadership. So that kind of gave me a taste of the design and creative element as well. Um, and I kicked off my career in PR. I was thrown into the mid to large size agencies and mm-hmm. my work, worked my way up to join a startup um, where I was building the communications department from the ground up um, that revolved around personal brands as well at, during the time where personal branding was super, super relevant when, with the rise of like social media and content creation and understanding the voice and face behind brands, which was exciting at the time. That's awesome. That sounds really fun. That's one of the things that I want to do after I graduate college. And so I'm for those of you guys who don't know, I'm I'm also majoring in public relations and strategic communications. And I'm thinking about like joining an agency, maybe somewhere in Dallas for the first like couple of years, then maybe like branching off on my own to start my own agency. I love that. I'm just so excited to follow your own journey, especially because I think the crux of what PR and ad is right now is so different to even a couple of years ago when I was in it. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to to hear your story as well. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's funny that you also did worked in like advertising because I took an advertising course my first semester at SMU. Yeah. I did not like it. I could not stand it. I'm like, I cannot do this. This is not my thing. Get me out of advertising. Get me straight into PR. Like advertising is just not, not my idea of fun. <laughs> they really are two different things, which is so Very. funny. I think a lot of people back um, when I was in school used to describe it as truly two different working sides of your brain when it came yeah. into the larger umbrella of marketing. Um, and yeah, I think I kind of, I was always in the in the realm of like, I just didn't know how to bridge what I liked and what I was good at. I think I was just like a mm-hmm. little bit of both. And I was just kind of like following the wheel of, I'm just going to keep it going until I I have like my gut telling me one thing. And it, it kind of never did. So I was just kind of like one foot in each. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. And how do you think like with your experience in agency work, how do you think that contributed to your your own business, you building up your business in the beginning? hugely I think I I'm so grateful and I stand in so much gratitude for having that past career it really is a pivot to what I am doing now but I think having that experience from the other end as someone who used to hire or look out for photographers creative directors Mm -hmm. um just like from the other side of things just from the agency point of view was so special because now in this day and age or like what I'm doing currently I now know what to look out for in terms of where my standards need to be at um, what my portfolio should look like for a brand or a marketing manager to want to have interest in me or who I want to attract likewise I think that's been super super interesting and then also seeing myself now as an entrepreneur using pitches a little bit differently because I'm pitching myself and not Mm -hmm. pitching product or food and bev like I used to do in in the past world but it's been really interesting to take those lessons to be like I need to you know be concise be straight to the point but also kitschy enough but also relevant enough for it to gain some traction Mm -hmm. totally understand that and can you tell us about your journey from deciding to work in corporate for a few years and to decide to become a business owner and what motivated you to do that transition? 
Absolutely. So that transition was sort of taking place around July of 2019. And I can sort of paint a little bit of a picture for you. I was working at a startup building the communications department from the ground up, like I stated previously. And it was about a year to date of me being at this role where I started to get a couple feelings of just being just de-energized. My lifestyle didn't quite look like what I had pictured. I was very much overworked. I knew that work within this field was um, strenuous, definitely, you know, in a different way. It's it's laborious in a way because you're working with personal clients mm -hmm. and you're also wanting to accommodate their needs to a very, very saturated field where everything is go, go, go. And if you're not hitting the right timestamp or you're not relevant enough, your pitch is just going to be cast to the side or sent to another inbox. You know, you, it was just really difficult. And I think that while it was difficult, I was, I was very much attracted to the challenge of it. I, the stories that were being told at the time were just not meaningful to me and didn't feel intentional. I didn't have a sense or a tie to a greater purpose of why I was doing that work compared to anyone else that I could see around me, my colleagues or my teammates or my bosses or the company that I was working at. So all in all, I was feeling de-energized. I didn't quite know whether I wanted to leave and explore a different sort of PR work, maybe in the nonprofit field or with maybe working with NGOs. I was dabbling on a couple different things. But I think what really struck a chord in me was when I did a little bit of introspective work, I started working with a career coach and an energy coach at the time. And I started tapping into who I used to be, who little Pooja used to be, who I used to be when I was younger. And I recalled always being so enthralled by sensory experiences, just, you know, taste, touch, sight, smell, and being able to visually express that or, or read and write and just be able to tell stories in a way that felt really raw and intuitive. And that's when I decided, let me pick up my camera again. Let me see what, what I can make of this. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I'm the type of person, you know, there's good and bads in this, but I'm the type of person that is like, if I overthink something, especially around a, a life choice, I'm going to continue being in that phase of overthinking or I will drop whatever I'm doing and just say, we're going to figure it out. And that's mm -hmm. kind of the approach I took to my job at the time. I had a little bit of savings from the PR world. I said, okay, I, you know, taking a couple months off, somewhat of a sabbatical in my head. Let's just see where this takes me and, and kind of getting back in touch with my creative roots. So I quit and I was getting really excited about practicing and building this little creative portfolio, but also not really figuring out if I wanted to like change my role or if I was just taking a break in the PR industry, whatnot. And then by December, January, February of 2020 was when Tembo Tones was LLC'd. So between the time of July to the following year, top of the year, I was creating this name for myself or just figuring out what that reputation was going to be like if I did pivot into a side hustle or just a completely different career path. Mm -hmm. But things really changed once March kicked off because that's when the global pandemic really hit us. And I was like, okay. I'm not in corporate America anymore. <laughs> Things are different. <laughs> the landscape looks different. I need to take myself seriously. So that's mm -hmm. when a little bit of that business discipline kicked in. And I said, you know what? If I'm going to take a chance on myself, it's now or never. Let's see right. where this goes. 
And that's kind of where Tembo Tones was formalized and born. Yeah, and that's honestly like the perfect, it was honestly the perfect time to start because yeah. you weren't going into the office. You had a whole bunch of time to yourself to be able to cultivate your craft and cultivate what your what you wanted your brand to look like and to emulate and to, and to be able to reach out to other people in order for them to see what you're made of and say, oh, I want to work with this girl, you know? It was special. It was definitely a blessing in disguise. At the time, I was like, what on earth have I done? <laughs> what have I done to myself? Why Why didn't anyone kick me in the guts and say, wake up, what are you doing? But I think after, again, also working with my coach at the time and, and just having a, a really amazing core group of a close circle of supporters being friends, family, um, my partner, colleagues even from my PR world tell me, if this is something that you're feeling called by, the number one lesson for entrepreneurship is follow that intuition, follow that gut to at least see where it unravels. It doesn't need to be something that, you know, blows us all out of the water, but it might be meaningful to you that at least tells you what your next step will be, which was really, really special. So taking that time between February of 2020 to when we publicly launched, we were we were working and by we were working, I mean, I was building a portfolio off of beta testing things, you know, self-investing in photo shoots and self-funding them just to be able to have concepts that made me feel like this was my work and not just someone else's or something that was across Pinterest, for example, mm -hmm. taking that full year slowly at my own pace, not feeling so rushed because the state of the world was up in question felt like feels like such a blessing like I had that time to really cook up what Tembo Tones was going to be so that once we launched in March of 2021 it felt real yeah I agree and something you said earlier you just like have to go with your gut and go with what you feel is telling you to do something that's exactly how I felt when I started this podcast right mm -hmm. like I I had an episode go out maybe like a couple of weeks ago maybe a month ago like talking about why I started this podcast and yeah. it was all about that like you said that calling like something was telling me you should start a podcast like don't be afraid to do it don't be skeptical about it just go ahead and do it because you never know where it might take you and it's amazing to see like how far I've come personally and professionally with this podcast because I know how to reach out to people I know how to network effectively now and I know how to pitch to people like you said like pitching is something you learn as you do it. it's not something that somebody you. teaches you it really yeah. isn't it's like as you grow as you move up within whatever you're doing you're learning how to say the right things to grab their grab that person's attention whoever you're trying to pitch to and I honestly think my life would have been completely different had I not started this podcast. Like I wouldn't have been able to connect with you. I wouldn't have been able to connect with so many of these other amazing people I've been able to interview without this podcast. Like I wouldn't have done. I would have just sat in awe seeing them be interviewed by other people. I'm like, gosh, I wish I was them. But in reality, right now, I am them. I yeah. am that person who is getting to know all these people and it's just amazing to see how like that one call of action just changes everything in your life absolutely I and mean, I think that that is so powerful what you described because 
there was a tell there, right? Your mind, your heart was telling you something, but it was a choice that you made. It was within your power to act on it. And mm -hmm. a lot of people, I think that you were reminded about this every day that sometimes we're kind of living in this state of like, we're just getting inundated with so many things every day, so many new pieces right. of content um, that sometimes we like have a hard time listening to what, you know, our hearts or our minds might be saying, you can call it so many things, heart work, soul work, whatever it might be, whatever name you put it, but making the choice to act on it can completely change the trajectory of what you thought your future would be like, or the yes. capacity of who you might reach, just like you said. So right. I celebrate that. <laughs> yeah. It's all about that action. Like action is the foundation of everything. If you really think about it, you have to take action on every single thing that you do. Yeah, it doesn't and it it kind of matters and it also kind of doesn't matter what type of action it is. But as long as as long as it is some type of action, mm -hmm. it sparks something, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And for you, what does your brand's name mean? Can you share the story behind how you decided on the name Tembo Tones? Absolutely. That's one of my favorite questions because um, my close circle knows this. <laughs> I went during that time where I was trying to figure out like, who am I? What kind of brand name am I going, you know, figuring out my personal brand after doing all of this work on so many other incredible clients, I was doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And I went through quite a hilarious list of all of these potentials. And, you know, now they're quite cringy <laughs> to like think back <laughs> on, but Tempo Tones really, really hit the nail on the head. And, um, Tembo, the first word, um, translates to elephant in Swahili. The That animal, the elephant, is something that's been very special to me since growing up, since being among wildlife in my hometown in Kenya. Um, I have a tattoo of an elephant in my back that I designed. There's just a lot of symbolism there. But I think overall, as a in terms of uh, what the global kind of view of the symbol is, it's, it's nurturing, it represents um strength as well as grace as well as love it's also such a large animal it unapologetically takes up space like it really is what it is and that largeness almost reminds me to do the same and be really intentional about the expansiveness of who I am and what I'm capable of and how far I can dream and that is something I want my clients who work with me or or the people around me, my community to also share. I want them to have that feeling of abundance and just expansiveness. And I think that animal just like represents so much of it. Um, and then tying in the Swahili language to some extent was also really, really important to me from my cultural identities perspective. And then the second word tones is, you know, colors, hues, um, a very sensory experience. Um, it could be many different things from musicality to sight. Um, and I think the intersection of tempo and tones is where to me, it felt like it was creativity and intention aligning. And those two things were the, is one of like our, the core pillars of everything that we do. Mm -hmm. I love that. I really do. And in what ways has Tembo Tones impacted your clients' businesses or brands? Can you share any specific success stories that, that, that have really made a big impact on you? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, there's a couple there, but I think one of our most popular service offerings, um, Roho. Roho means spirit in the Swahili language. It's our most popular photography and creative direction focused package. Um, that one has been something that I've seen a lot of direct success or quite tangible in nature metrics. Um, and what that encaps encapsulates before I go ahead and, and share our client success story is very simply understanding what the vision is, understanding what the concept of the, is that we're trying to um, visually execute in terms of photos, imagery, video, and building that out into a mood board, doing a lot of deep discovery on how to make it really intentional for the brand, for their community, for their mission, and then executing it. And executing it typically means building out a really custom set design for them, choosing a really, really intentional location. It usually involves a wardrobe stylist, a makeup artist, a hair artist, crew, lighting, me as a photographer, anything else that really needs to make this come to life. It's not going to be something scrappy. We're really going to dig our feet into the ground to make it at least as high touched as possible. Um, that being our most popular service package or offering has been fantastic because clients have come to me with brands already built out, but saying, hey, we're either trying to launch this next phase of our program, or I am transforming and pivoting my personal brand to become more of this. I need imagery and visuals and then copy to also tell that story so that I'm attracting the right clientele. And having my clients come to me and say, now their clients are saying, oh, you feel so, I understand the vibrancy of what you're doing because your images, the purple tones and what you were wearing and that movement from the sky or something that you were doing or touching made sense to me. It's the reason why I inquired about you has been outstanding. It's the best compliment you could ever receive that your art is resonating not only with the client, but with their community. It's serving their mission. So I've had responses like that before. Um, having a product launch release and that product being featured or photographed in a way that feels different and unique within that market industry where customers or their community are vouching for them and saying, no, this is unique. This is different because they're actually walking the walk what they say and you know I think visuals because it's sight is such an important sense it really does evoke that storytelling without you having to say too much and that importance um the fact that it's working is just a testament to how important photography and and just the creative process for anyone is mm -hmm. that's amazing yeah I've I've come to love like doing photography. I used to dabble in it for a little bit, um, maybe like a year or so. Then yeah. I stopped because I got pretty busy. But I've yeah. loved like being able able to capture such like pretty like moments in time without having to do much at all. Like it's yeah. like you have to be there at the right time at the right moment, and it will just evoke such so many different feelings within you. And being able to do that for other people, it just, it feels great, you know? It's a beautiful feeling. It's a very powerful and empowering feeling to be able to do that. And also, I think more so like bouncing off that, if you're able to transform the way someone sees something that might be standing in front of you, but when they see it out of like, you know, the camera, like, you know, screen or even a printed image. And they're like, I would have never seen it that way. And introducing to them to a new perspective, it's that's even more powerful, I think, because 
it's like, just don't take everything that's in front of you at face value. There's so much right. more there. Mm-hmm. There's so many different perspectives that you can get out of things in life, whether it be from somebody speaking about a topic, from watching a YouTube video or reading a book about something. Everybody everybody has different viewpoints and different perspectives on life and different ways of like living. So it's and being able to impact somebody with that perspective is very important. And it makes me it made it makes me realize how different we all are and how different we view things in life. And to be able to impact somebody with your way of seeing something is a really big deal. Yeah. I mean it's feels very vulnerable, doesn't it? Right? It is kind of like pulling someone into your sphere of like the way you see the world the way you're showing up within it Mm -hmm. but it's also what facilitates true connection because once you're vulnerable they're going to feel the need to also share or feel the want to share I should say and then that trickle effect is going to just go on throughout the community and it's it's special exactly I agree and how has running Timbo Tones influenced you personally and professionally? What lessons have you learned along the way? A couple. Timbo Tones were still quite, you know, very much in our infancy. We launched in 2021 publicly, but have been working for about three years since 2020. So mm-hmm. um, as an infant entrepreneur, I, I think there's so much more to be learned and so much more that will take me ahead. But I think a few lessons that I could probably name off top of mind would definitely be, you know, your intuition. Trusting in that is the most important thing you could ever do. Community is essential. I would not be where I am, be doing what I'm doing, be understanding myself or even have like the space to do the really deep, messy work if it wasn't for my community, friends, partners, colleagues, supporters, a partner, anyone that really helps you stand in your truth and roots for you no matter how messy it gets is really really important and if I would say my advice if people have a hard time finding that because I also know the creative industry can be very it can be hard you know to find true connections it can also be really hard to find people who aren't just trying to you know take advantage of you or you know exchange a service for friendship or things like that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. if if you're having a hard time doing that figuring out what the safe areas within your business is maybe it's joining a you know a co-working space or something where people might be outside of your industry but you feel like you are a part of a team effort in doing something or going out of your way to join organizations that aren't in your current you know circles of community like just going out of your way to find that and asking for that is really, really important. And I think the last thing would probably be something that's a little bit more um, business focused, but taking your business really seriously, because no one will take it seriously until you do. So formalizing it, taking taxes seriously, taking your record keeping and account keeping really seriously, Um, being disciplined, just like you would want to be when you're working corporate or you're working for your boss, you would want to be clean and be shaped up, like do that for yourself, because you're going to thank yourself years later, even months later, or the next tax tax season later, (laughs) that you have done the due diligence to 
keep things clean and keep things running like a smooth, well-oiled machine. Um, it's going to take years of stress off of your plate to, to do it right from the start. Mm -hmm. I agree. And could you give us an overview of like the different services and offerings that you provide with your business and what makes your business unique? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Rojo, like I described, is one of our most popular photo and design, um, or I should say, sorry, photo and um, mood boarding, creative direction focused packages. But we offer three others, Uzuri, which means beauty in Swahili. That's kind of the more breaking down the aesthetic foundations of your business, meaning brand design, logo design, things that are a little bit more digitally focused to make sure you're optimized on all those fronts. Uh, the next would be Hadithi, which means story in Swahili. And that really is, as we're kind of building up, that becomes more and more expansive in terms of what we take on for our clients, or at least what's within our capacity. And telling the story of customizing whatever it might be that they need to start from the finish to get them to a place where they feel um, well versed in who they are, what they're doing, and being able to now share that story out loud. So it might be figuring out their name, figuring out where they're starting, figuring out their services together, but building it in a way that has the aesthetic and strategic foundations. And the last one is Safari, which means journey. And that typically is where we pick up with a brand or a larger client um, in terms of scope of figuring out either a relaunch or whatever the, a journey looks like that will take them on a retainer basis, typically a year starting and more to build out whatever they need to do. And that's usually when we are kind of coming in in-house for a client almost um, using our consultation and our execution skills to help really build everything from the ground up or at least pick up where they're left off. So they're very, all my services and all my packages are extremely, extremely customizable and very much tailored to my client's intentions. I try not to work from a framework or a formula perspective because we're all so unique. I think in this day and age, we yeah. all understand that there's not going to be a one size fits all. There's never mm -hmm. going to be that. Like I would never, I think if I'm putting myself in a client's shoes, ever want to be told, well, I need X, Y, and Z. And if I don't have that box, I'm never going to be able to, you know, launch or succeed. And I want to be able to work with budgets and also just like be equitable in terms of what I'm sharing and what my client gets to receive as well is really, really important to us. So those are our packages, but full spectrum creative scope. I love that. I love those different aspects of brand work that you guys do. It's really impactful. I'm thinking about doing a rebrand for the podcast to get and like a new podcast cover done. And yeah. Just, I don't know. I I've changed my cover maybe like three times already. And I'm yeah. Think I need a new one because I feel like I'm in a different stage of my life than I was when I created the last one. So I don't know. I'm thinking about thinking about doing something new. That's awesome. And I think that's yeah. also so important is the concept of not feeling guilty or not feeling like, oh my gosh, I just changed something six months ago. Like, what will people think? A lot of people get really mm -hmm. hung up with, well, I had this name and I started off with that and I formulated it and everything. And now like, it just doesn't feel like me, but like, how could I step away from that? It's like that we as humans are completely multidimensional. We are right. consistently evolving and changing and we have all the right to change our minds and switch things up and keep it exciting. Keep people on their toes. Like there's ways of, um, and strategies to maintain consistent, cohesive efforts so that 
our communities and just like all over the place with us. But it's fun also to have those shifts and those, you know, evolutionary changes happen within our own brands. Um, As long as you're being really intentional about it, I think, why not? Exactly. Yeah. So like we said, just go with your intuition and just go for it. So yes, I'm thinking about excited. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And for you, can you share your approach to uh, creating memorable and impactful logos for your clients who are wanting to do like a redesign of their brand image or wanting to come up with like a different logo or a slogan, something like that? So how can you share your approach to that? Yeah, absolutely. I think this almost will also answer the question of how I go about any of my design projects, mm-hmm. whether it be a logo or whether it be a a font change, <laughs> you know, it could be anything small to big. But mm-hmm. um, when I was starting to build Tembo Tones, I wanted to make sure that there was a reason why clients or community members were coming to me specifically to choose their design services from, right? Like, a photo design studio is not an original concept. We're not unique in any means and style or, or the offerings that, that we are happy to serve. Um, I wanted people to understand that there was intentionality going behind this, but I had to formulate or build some kind of understanding for them to figure out, okay, this is the process that we're going to be taking along to reach this stage. It's not going to be a A plus B plus C that they can get anywhere else, if that makes any sense. So Mm -hmm. what I did is I thought about myself as an entity. If I was a business, like what would I really want to be known for? And I think something that is really important to me beyond my cultural identity was my philosophy on human connection, how I connect with my friends, my family, new people. When I travel, how do I kind of, what is the lens that I look through, look at the world by? And my philosophy on human connection is I think that any human or any any true authentic communication and connection can be formed if we all choose to seek, to honor, seek to understand, and seek to energize each other. Those are like the three categories for me that I think is really important. And they can be named different things, but basically what they mean is we want to move forward in a way that is respectful, graceful, compassionate, and loving. And because as humans, that's all we really want and need and are looking for. It's that feeling of belonging. So I transitioned that into my personal philosophy, into my business practice. So I built the Hue of Humanity groundwork. And Hue is abbreviated to honor, understand, and energize. So those are the three steps in that groundwork that we go through that helps me pull out the intentions for the client, but also understand that they might be asking or needing something that they might not already know, or they're not asking of me in terms of their inquiry email. They might be like, I need a logo that is blue, circular, and talks about um, water waste. But there might be another story there for the reason that they're working in this industry and in the first place or the reason why they're so tapped in that those questions or our groundwork together will pull that'll inspire another version of a logo that they might actually fall in love with and so far it's usually the the work that we do that helps solidify that story from start to finish and that's 
what I think has been the reason for my personal success with Tembo Tones is that people feel like they're seen and heard and understood. And that's really important to me. I love that. I love that idea and mindset behind that. That's really nice. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. of course. And for you, when working with clients, how do you strike a balance between like meeting the client's expectations and infusing your own creative vision into the design process? That's a great question. I think the most part, I'm still figuring that out. It's really been client by client, me mm-hmm. understanding where to enforce boundaries and also where to enforce play and like lack of structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that I, I try and communicate really early on, both in the initial conversations as well as contractually. So like how much access to each other are we getting? What's the timeline looking like? Um, if it's elongated, then we have more space to play, right? But if it's like, oh, in two weeks, I need this deliverable, then we we need to be, you know, back and forth just on email, maybe one or two calls and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that I'm still figuring out. But I, I like to take a structured approach to that because the one thing that I've definitely learned from experience, lived experience, is that if those things aren't communicated, your time can get either taken advantage of or your time can, it almost seems like when people are hiring, hiring um, a third party or a freelancer that they almost start to kind of envision that person as, well, they're hired into my business where it's like, that's not true, right? We're not mm-hmm. an employee. We are a completely different entity and right. you are paying for also what you're getting. Like that's where there's a scope of work. That's where there's a contract. So being kind of respectful of that, but also when you want to have a deeper relationship with your client, like it just, there needs to be that level of what's okay and what's not. And it's okay to communicate those boundaries. It's especially better to communicate those boundaries at the forefront than later on when boundaries are already starting to get messy. Mm -hmm. So that's, I would say it's it's definitely not something that I have a clear structure for quite yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's, that's where I would hope to learn in the next couple of years of how to be really good at that and maybe potentially you know when I'm able to hire a project manager on board or have a VA or something they can also be like okay I think we know we've reached the this many hours like we're already kind of you know going towards the extent of this partnership maybe we should talk about another scope and going from there gotcha Mm-hmm. And for you, do you guys, do? does your company get to work with international clients as well as like local clients in Chicago? Uh, yes, I have done some work that has been based out of Kenya before, which was super exciting. That was a lot of like photography based stuff. And I've done some work that was um, executed in London, but I was doing the work within Chicago. So it wasn't photography focused, more design and more collaborative and consultation and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm so open and so willingly able and just like super excited for the potential of like using this um like digital age that's at my fingertips like just being like oh my gosh like we have a we have the capacity and the capability to just be speaking to people across time zones like so it's so exciting and it's amazing it's amazing and I think yeah it's it's only getting smaller and smaller you know in terms of like the world and our reach and I'm really excited for like where that will take us in the future. I bet. And for you, um, as a creative studio that focuses on working with POC, women-owned brands, how do you in- in- ensure inclusivity and diversity in your work and your client base? That is a great question. Um, 
I have been really lucky in a sense that so many of my clients identify as black and brown peoples, black and brown people of color, or sorry, black and brown women, you know, entrepreneurs, and and they speaking with them and being in a carved out really intentionally safe space, bringing on team members and, you know, other people that are working on the brand or working on our collaborative work together, like they already just get it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that's just been special and we feel lucky because we're speaking to each other like we feel at home, like we feel heard and seen, respected, right? And I'm not saying that there's not, there's no chance for disagreement or dispute or, or even just like uneasy feelings to creep up. There absolutely is. But I think setting the foundations in the very beginning of how we are going to communicate with each other and what, um, what makes this partnership unique because we're bringing in our cultures. It's very culture forward, this work. And that's why Tembo Tones really is what it is, is because I'm not taking on um, clients who aren't involved in these spaces to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just kind of, that's my um, meter of who gets accepted or who we're working with, like that they already kind of know. The website speaks the language of, you already know who I'm attracting. Mm -hmm. And that's been somewhat easier. Yeah. I bet. And for you, how do you stay up to date with the latest design trends and industry developments and how does that influence your work? Yeah. Yeah. That's constantly changing, constantly Mm -hmm. evolving. But, you know, I think a little bit of the traditional sense of like, I'm still signed up for ad age. I'm still signed up for all the newsletters that I used to get inundated with back in PR days. It really is helpful. Like, you know, just a couple things are just staying Um, tapping into like the current events and what people are talking about and then also just like being on social media I feel like I feel so tapped in even when I don't understand what's happening I'm like I can figure it out or like I will know (laughs) enough give it a day or two of more content about this specific topic you know right that's been really awesome reading books Reading books, I have to say, sometimes it can get, it really depends on my energy level. Sometimes I'm like, I want to read a really educational book about Mm -hmm. this. But sometimes I'm like, I just want my fiction. Like, I just want to get away from this world. But I use that as a sense of, you know, my imagination is so important. It It is my most special gift in this business. Why not fuel it? with things that feel otherworldly and things and things that feel weird and um, thrilling, you know? So I think just as long as I'm staying energized, meeting Mm -hmm. people, networking, doing, you know, having conversations like this where I'm learning from other folks too, is just the way that I like to stay tapped in. And also, I also do think that, you know, a message that I'd love to get out is that there's a lot we can be doing, but equally so, I think that so much of who we are as people, like we know so much already, like our gut and our intuition is speaking so loudly once we choose to hear it and mm-hmm. taking a step back, shutting off your email or or closing out of those accounts and putting your screens away and just taking time for yourself, you know, among nature or doing whatever brings you peace can also be really fueling. It can right teach you so much of yourself if you just take a step back you don't constantly need to be reading and learning and like that's it's great that those resources are out there they're always going to be out there though um and your peace and your understanding of yourself I think is just 
equally, if not more important than learning about all the things that other people are talking about. Oh, for sure. I honestly think the number one thing for people to do is before they look to other people to learn more information, start learning about yourself. Honestly, that's the best thing for you to do to not only enhance yourself as a as a person but for yourself as a business owner as an entrepreneur because you never know what things you'll learn about yourself that might impact your work that you might do later on in the future like I've always strived to learn more about myself and focus on learning my strengths and my weaknesses so that I can leverage that into whatever business venture I might go into and but once I've learned that about myself I then go to other people like books and podcasts and inspirational figures that I like to learn from because I know that they are in a space that I would want to be in and that's the thing you with people who are inspirational you have to find the the right people to look at you can't just look at anybody because not everybody will speak to you and what you want to do in your life I that is so beautifully put and I could not have said that any better because once you do take that next next step forward and look outward you're only going to understand that deeper you're Mm -hmm. only going to resonate with it deeper because you have that foundation coming from you first you're not relying on that anywhere else and you know like snaps to coaching snaps to therapy like that is those are means that you are self investing and really like focusing on like the best resource there is which is yourself exactly yes praise (laughs) (laughs) yeah and how do you think social media has in a big impact on you and your business especially when now that threads has been out for around a week now how do you think threads will impact your business uh that is a great question I'm still figuring that out I think I'm still <laughs> in the uh giddy really goony stage of being like I can just say whatever I want to say here. Like, <laughs> it's honestly so freeing yeah. because I don't have to wait which is so hilarious coming from a photographer but I was just going to say, like, I don't have to wait to see if I have another new piece of content or new image to share. Like, I can just say what I want to (laughs) say and hit send. (laughs) So I don't know. I think it's going to be really exciting. I think I think more so um, it's I'm really interested to see how the landscape of like Twitter threads, like how that all kind of shakes out. I think I'm I'm partly being like a wallflower observer to be like, what is going to what is the tea? Like, where is the where are things going to go? But also being like just utilize everything you know because the mm-hmm. story is going to be told by users by ourselves we are right. going to be the ones that make it or break it so if we're loving on it continue to love on it exactly um, and social media I definitely have I have a very you know interesting relationship with it I, like I think most people do when it comes to loving and hating it like I, I truly love it because I would not be making connections like you and I like you know, um, other photographers in the industry or across the world with it. But I also get so exhausted by it all the time. My eyes are tired. My brain is tired. I, I know I need help, like from a business standpoint for someone to help me organize and schedule things out, or at least like create content that feels really raw and, and I'm happy to post it. And I think there's a reason why on my page, especially my business page, you see these huge gaps of engagement or these huge gaps of like, who just not been around? Ten that is me. Not been around. Yep. 
see we get it yes we do okay listen like is that and we know it's a priority we understand but is that really no one no one else is keeping account except for ourselves let's be honest no exactly thinking they haven't been around in a while that's that's not Mm -hmm. it it's just a matter of like how do we want to use this platform that energizes us versus consistently being another thing on a to-do list that we have to tackle exactly and that's the thing the thing about social media specifically I would say Instagram is that it takes up so much mental energy to not only come up with the content, figure out the hashtags that you want to put on it, figure out the caption, whether or not you want to tag a location, and the fact that you have to be so consistent with it. And that is my biggest problem. I will not post on my podcast Instagram for weeks because I'm like, I don't have the energy nor the time to do it. Every time I say, okay, this month, I am going to be consistent on the podcast Instagram. Does that ever happen? No, because I'm like, (laughs) it's more draining than it is energizing. Like podcasting is energizing. Recording these episodes with people like you are energizing. Posting on Instagram is not. It really isn't. But the thing is, it's so, we we rely on it so much to boost our presence and boost our company our businesses that we can't get away from it we have to use it somehow to our advantage and that's the problem it's like nothing makes it a good feeling like creating something for your business does right it's not it's just draining at the end of the day it really is absolutely and I think like I was having this conversation with like one of my friends the other day and she was like she presented this like perspective of like you know, like you say like, oh my gosh, there's so many things that go into Instagram to do it right. But like, that's also the marketing side of you. The folks who are, are interested in marketing who, or who didn't grow up or learn much about marketing, like they're thinking it's just, oh, if I'm at a place, I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to post it and I'm going to say blah, blah, blah. And hit set. like, there's no location tag. There's no hashtags. There's no whatever. Right. Yeah. And she's like, there's folks like that. And th- some of those people are killing it. They're just like mm-hmm. raw, honest folks. And, and that's great. But I think while yes there's also just a different story being told right it's a different persona and it's all about the brand that you're creating but also wanting and sometimes reminding ourselves we can step away from that branding side and also treat it for fun but I think for people like us that can get hard because it is something for work we're not thinking about it as like our personal more unhinged selves you know (laughs) it's just it's a, a lot of various layers to the personality of having a digital presence that folks millennials and and gen z and everything that we've you know we've just been so this is the world we live in really is partly in person but mostly on screen and right. we there's just like different it's it's just we're different people everywhere we get to choose we have that control of knowing how we want to be perceived as well exactly yeah for sure and for you, how do you think AI is going to transform your aspect of work now that it's being so prevalent these days? Yeah, yeah that that's a great question. That is something that I'm really, really intrigued by. Mm-hmm. Um, there's fear in it, obviously, but I think I definitely come in with a little bit more excitement. Um, I'm not the most digitally savvy person, but like understanding and making AI tools in Photoshop in mm-hmm. Lightroom easy for me has also been super fun because I'm like, wow, retouching that portrait 
for that CEO executive would have taken me literally an hour on one image. And here I am slapped five to six images done within the hour. Like it's a great feeling to be like, I can, yeah, I can steamroll through this. And I still feel very happy with my work. You know, Mm -hmm. obviously it's never going to take away away from the few tweaks and things like that that I always have to do in person to make sure it really looks like a human you know like mm-hmm. something that feels real and tangible and um, a deliverable that I would be proud of but the fact that I'm able to just use it as another system within my workflow to optimize myself I will take it I will not I will yeah. not complain exactly <laughs> um, yeah I think also just like using uh, software like ChatGPT and Tailwind oh. and things like that for caption creating and yeah, that's a new one. Um, I just I just got I'm and here I am saying I'm not don't quote me on this because I'm not sure if this is correct but I think it helps you pick out keywords on Instagram as well as on Pinterest to help you create all the back end and front end like captions and stuff like that to help you optimize. Oh my gosh. Content. Yeah. It's definitely like a membership or like a monthly, you know, paid sort of service. Mm-hmm. But um it's supposed to accelerate your work quite a bit, especially for like virtual assistants, project managers, or like social media oh, managers. Yeah. I think it's mm-hmm. more common in that end. But this is something that I'm just like being open to or being like, right. what can this do for the business? You know, if, exactly. Um, if I can optimize things like put it on a business expense, like I'm gonna do it, <laughs> you know? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So I think I'm just more excited that we as users will be able to take control of over this new resource like because that's what it is it's a resource yep exactly do you use chat gpt at all for ideas or inspiration and if that's impacted your work at all I've used it on numerous occasions to help copy edit my client's work so they might send me this is the stuff I need on my website page so I'll go through it for like grammatical things and Mm -hmm. copy editing and things like that there has Mm -hmm. been a couple of things where it hasn't quite picked up yet but like I've had great success with at least steamrolling through like you know a couple of those things checking things um or helping like make sentences more cohesive or clear that's kind of the stuff that I've used it for in the past gotcha yeah Mm -hmm. I'm I'm loving ChatGPT. It's honestly an amazing resource that a lot of people yes. don't realize. I don't think mm-hmm. people actually realize how much it can help them get stuff done and give them mm-hmm. ideas for things. Because I can't tell you the, it's been really helpful, not only for school, but for the podcast as well. It's, it's a huge yeah. game changer for podcasters, for sure. I think because it can help spark it it can help me spark so many ideas and so many like possible questions I might want to ask or am I missing something that I could possibly talk more about it's a amazing resource I I'm I'm loving it I really am loving it genuinely like out of curiosity what's a prompt that you would type in for curation of an idea um for your podcast for example or or any sort of sample prompt hmm I guess if I was trying to figure out like a new solo episode to record Mm -hmm. I would say I want to record an episode that talks about how to take care of yourself in college focusing on your mental health while also being able to get your work done at the end of the day and have fun give me five or six different 
topics that I could touch upon in that episode. Love it. Something like that. Or even if I'm like working with a guest and I'm trying to, and I have a list of questions formulated, I will plug in those questions. I'll say, is there anything that I'm missing or that I could talk about more and give me five or 10 more questions? And it works like a charm. Yeah. those questions are some of the best questions and I could have never have even thought about it before I'm like that's incredible this is amazing it's an amazing tool and and it's amazing to me how some people think that they can just use it for writing essays or just anything like that but it's honestly such a great and fast learning tool because I did some studying for one of my upcoming classes this fall and I was asking it about this certain movement or Supreme Court case that had happened. It was from yeah. my, one of my communications classes. And I said, tell me about it in simple terms or just give me more detail about it. And it was just able to give me the best detail. And I'm like, this is perfect. It's yeah. perfect. It, it's so. Just speed. Yeah. Just like, you know, got you up to speed when you needed it. Right. So exactly. You continue to do your work. I love that. It's awesome. I love it. Mm. I'm excited for students in this day and age. Like it's just right. gonna be really interesting to see how how that's exactly. how that's used. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's awesome. I love it. Can you share some examples of like projects that you're particularly proud of and what made them stand out for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think um one of my most I have two really, really special projects. And I think probably I'll describe one of them. Um, it -hmm. was, it was a really personal concept of mine. And, um, we, I did a lot of research. I really treated it like it was kind of like we had an R and D phase research and discovery. We had, um, like the very in-depth mood boarding, conceptualizing, you know, Mm -hmm. talking to the right producers. Um, it was a concept that I shot in New York. So it was my first Um, editorial that I executed in New York. Um, I was speaking to a production uh, manager who at the time was working for a big international makeup company. Um, And he was like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. Like, I don't understand it, but I want to give you certain team members who I think would be amazing for the gig. Um, But basically the project was is called stained the Indian art of Bandhani, which is a tie and dye textile, um, printing um, format that um, various different stages of India are traditionally known for. It goes back years and years and years. Um, it's a very, very traditional form of art, textile art. And we spoke about how traditionally the same processes um, are used to adorn women, you know, be it jewelry or, mm-hmm. or uh, fabrics or clothing, but now how women can kind of take that narrative and make it their own in a really modern way. So basically saying that traditions still live on and on and on, but they will change and evolve to modern standards and to what women perceive and want to stand in today. It was a really beautiful piece because it reminded me of like when my grandmothers and everything used to wear this fabric to how I would wear it now. And it's just very, very different, but 
I think telling that story in a very um, abstract way, it definitely mm -hmm. wasn't something that was like from start to finish, but using that material, the materials were actually sourced from my aunts and grandmothers and things like that. The oh. models were two different women um, who were just fantastic. Um, one was Haitian and um, one was South Asian and they were both in New York at the time. It was just like a time and place sort of thing. It really worked out. Um, yeah just getting some just beautiful diversity of team members, skill sets, and then telling the story. And then also incorporating storytellers and copywriters to help me come up with that story that eventually got launched on my blog. So it just left the full spectrum. And on top of that, it was also one of my first video projects I'd ever worked on. So oh, I, co I helped like kind of tell the storyboard of it while the mm -hmm. video editor and director, he like shot the whole thing. And then um, I used my own voice as a voiceover to tell the story. It was just a beautiful campaign, you know, very yeah. small scale because it was self-funded, but also there was, it was just all collaborative. Like people were just mm -hmm. bringing in time and energy to make it happen. Um, it was awesome. Like it was, it made me be like, I want to work on sets like this, just bigger scale everyone's being paid like it's just it's going to be on x y and z platforms like this is the kind of work I would love to do but getting a taste of it was mm -hmm. really magical because I was able to do that for myself versus just waiting for the right time when other people were telling me what they wanted it was a very personal concept that I got to execute that's amazing I love that yeah it's really great yeah. <laughs> and for you, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs who are considering starting their own creative businesses? I would say beyond those lessons that I mentioned earlier about trusting your gut and your intuition and, you know, taking it at your own pace, I would say, you know, do the introspective, reflective work to understand who you are, dive into what makes you uniquely you. Think about your philosophies on life. Think about what brought you to be the human you are today or what environment you thrive in the most and invest. It doesn't have to be monetarily all the time, but invest in energy and time and skill sets to make you feel like you are the most empowered and um you have that toolkit to succeed. Like take the time with it, but no one else is going to give you that if you aren't working hard and trusting in yourself even harder more. Mm -hmm. Like no one else is really going to take a chance unless they see that coming out of you. And then don't be, don't be afraid to start pitching yourself and to just start speaking out your ideas and applying for the grants and just doing all the things that you are really ad you are just basically advocating for yourself. That's 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 the name of the game. It's um, I think a lot of people used to say fake it till you make it, and that still is very much real. Like you just really do learn as you are on the job. But I think now, in this day and age, what even is more relevant and impactful is self advocacy. Like mm -hmm. own it, own your truth, and yep. step into it. If it's something you feel called to do, just do the damn thing. You know, and there will be people out there who will support you and be like, I remember when I was there. Like, I can't wait personally for 10 years down the line when I'm watching this back over and being like, <laughs> Pooja, three years of Tempo Tones. Like, can't, I can't imagine like what I know now, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm just really excited for that. And and I'm, I'm believing it and I'm manifesting that for myself, for sure. Yeah. That is awesome. And for you, how do you manage work-life balance as a business owner? And do you have any tips for finding that balance and equilibrium? <laughs> I don't. 
<laughs> I don't. Oh, that's something I really struggle with. And I think a lot of people, I know my friends can somewhat relate, but I think they're also much better at this than I am. But when you work as an entrepreneur for something that is so deeply personal to yourself, you that's all you want to do, you know? Right. And I think yeah. <laughs> what's harder is taking a break and taking like, because it, it yes, it, it takes so much from you, but you are seeing the impact or you're seeing, you have this clear vision, you have the clarity of what it's going to be. But it's just as important, you know, my, my community, my close circle remind me and hold me accountable. Take the weekends. When you travel, don't take your laptop. Like if your flight gets canceled, guess what? Like you own the business, you have to figure it out, but also like you deserve that time off. You know, like just leave everything at home. Take mm -hmm. your small point and shoot. Don't take your whole gear. Like you don't need to be doing that 24 seven. You are a human, a multidimensional human beyond this. Tempo Tones is a big part of you. Yes, but it's not all of you. And just repeating that, reminding myself that, um, falling back in love now that I'm in control of my time, right? I'm the one paying myself. Like if I miss, you know, taking a walk by the lake or swimming or enjoying time with my dog and my partner, like go out and do it because I can, right? A lot of people right. can't take this opportunity to enjoy yourself a little bit too, because you're deserving of all of it mm -hmm. um, is, is the message I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, working on it don't have a clear cut answer, but I think that is something that as I scale, I want to prioritize more for me and myself and, and the business. Yeah, for sure. And what are some of your future plans and aspirations for Tembo Tones and where do you see the business heading in the next few years? Oh gosh, that is such almost like a magical question because I think the beauty about Tembo Tones is that when I was deciding what this could be, like the, the photo and design studio wasn't like, oh, it's this. Like it wasn't something that was like so um, immediate for me. It really, I think I can envision it being a house of many different things. Photo and design could be around for three to five more years. It could be around 15 more years. I'm not sure, but I think I'm also envision it once, you know, someday being a house for products like <laughs> I would love to explore a Druly, Druly line one day. I'd love to be able to explore books and like some sort of like self-published coffee table books with my imagery. Um, things that feel tangible that people mm -hmm. recognize the logo for and say, I have this piece in my home because it reminds me to live really big and expansively. And it's something beautiful that I've added into my personal space. You know, it, it could be anything. And I'm really excited for it. I think in the short term, I definitely, ex I definitely expect and um, am praying that it becomes scalable in terms of a team. I definitely mm -hmm. want to have a couple more people um, in the woodworks, just providing their skill sets and at least like building out the framework of what this photo design studio looks like. But I'm very open. Um, I have one of my immediate goals for this year is to continue to build out my travel portfolio. I have quite a bit of branding stuff and quite a bit of um, like brand work already done in terms of campaign stuff, but I would love to be able to have a travel portfolio that I can now start pitching to hospitality magazines or, mm -hmm. you know, NGOs or cultural centers for me to, you know, come and do this work and tell stories that in a really meaningful way so I have a couple trips lined up just um, as like photo expeditions to just really get out there and do the thing. And it's going to yeah. be scary. It's going to, you know, I'm going to be alone for big 
chunks of it, but I think it's just going to be exciting to go there with my babies, with my lenses and my gear and just, <laughs> and just see what, you know, see what I'm able to create. Cause that's, that's the only way I'll be able yeah. to learn and, and grow. So, yeah. For sure. And are there any particular resources like books or mentors that have had a significant impact on your journey? Mentors for sure. And um, they're more unconventional. I think like, I don't have like, um, a, I definitely have tons of photographers I could name here, but I mm-hmm. think um, the mentors that have really stuck around with me from who I was as a college student to who I am now are the people mm-hmm. who I would credit the most because they've been through all these different evolutions of who I was, you know, and they're right. still very much like giving me such incredible guidance and reminding me of things that I, you would think, oh, I would know this by now. Oh, I wouldn't have thought about this or, but it's, it's just like, no matter the industry or no matter what I'm doing, some of these lessons are so applicable in life. And I think that those people have been what grounds me truly um, having friends who are like experts because their side hobbies when they were younger was like diving into savings and finance, like learning from them about should I LLC or should I S Corp or should I do that? You know, like those kinds of things, those lessons mm-hmm. are kind of when they come from friends um, who, are, you know, who have expertise are so valuable because I just it makes me feel safe and supported in a really special way. Um, lawyers who have turned friends, like things like that is just has been fantastic. So I would say grow that collection of, of people that you feel like is in your back pocket to, Mm -hmm. to call and just continue to network. And then in terms of books for photographers specifically, I think there's so many amazing books out there. Um, one of them that I actually have here on my desk is Michael Freeman, the photographer's eye that I really like, um, it's just one of those books that I just scroll past every now and then, whether it's relevant to my work or not. But I think it's just really, really, I like to keep it by my desk just for like, if I just need something fresh in my eyes, I think keeping a lot of um, like photo books that aren't so technical, but quite visual are really exciting to me because it just mm-hmm. refreshes you. You know, it's like you're experiencing what a photographer wants you to experience by visually interpreting it versus reading about the technical side of things so much right yeah and well Pooja for my last question for you of today is what does going after your dream life mean to you such a beautiful question I think going about my dream life definitely means being really intentional about I know I use that word a lot, but I think it just, it grounds me in why I want to do what I want to do or why I'm calling for it in the first place. Being really intentional about everything I do Mm -hmm. and speaking it out loud and practicing what I preach. Like if I say I'm going to do it, like truly do it, you know, walk the walk. If you promise something to your friends, like go out, take action to it, because that's going to speak volumes for yourself. It's going to build your character. You're going to able to, you're going to be able to work towards the best possible um, version of you. And that's, I think, all we all want to do as we grow and age with grace is we want to find belonging and we want to better ourselves in a way that feels um, really rewarding. Mm -hmm. So 
that's my little version, but I'm sure there's so much more we could say on that. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. Well, Pooja, where can my listeners find you? Yeah, so you can connect with me on Instagram. I promise I am very active on DMs, even though I'm not posting, um, but that's on Tembo Tones, um, at T-E-M-B-O-T-O-N-E-S. And then also feel free to reach out via my website, um, the contact form there, if you're ever interested to connect, that'll just link directly to my email. So Instagram, um, now threads, as well as um, email is the best place to reach me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a joy. Well, you guys, that is it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to me and Pooja talk about all about Tembo Tones and her journey with her business. Um, Like I said in the beginning, I will be linking all of her socials down below in the description for you guys to follow her and keep up with her on her journey. I'm so excited to see what else she does in the future with Tembo Tones. But that's it for today. But don't forget to rate, subscribe, turn on the notification button wherever you guys listen to podcasts. It really helps me a lot to see you guys listening and talking about the podcast. So don't forget to tag me on the podcast Instagram, which is at the Morning Muse Podcast. Um, and just tag me whenever you guys listen. Share it with your friends and family. But yeah, I will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Yeah.